Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health-monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hello and welcome to the Love Life Connection podcast, a podcast for successful women who feel like they have it all except love. I'm your host, Veronica Grant, a love and life coach. And my only goal with this podcast is to inspire you to believe in yourself and that real love is possible for you, even in our swipe right, swipe left world. Hello, and welcome to episode number 352 of the Love Life Connection podcast. Thank you so much for tuning in. As always, I'm super excited to be back in your earbuds again this week. And a couple of announcements, one, or really just reminders, one, if you haven't already, please leave a rating or review wherever you listen to this podcast. It really helps to organically grow the show, and I really, really appreciate it. Another one, two weeks ago, I had a big, big announcement for some big changes going on here over at Veronica Grant HQ. So make sure you listen to that episode. It's episode number 350. It's not going to be like the biggest change in the world here on the podcast. All you might notice some changes, but I am going to be bringing a whole new element into my business and helping you with a whole new area of life in addition to your love and relationships. So please listen to that because I give the whole backstory and I think you're going to be excited. Actually, I hope you're excited. So make sure you listen to that. We'll put that episode in the show notes, but it's also just two episodes up from wherever you're listening to this episode. And then finally, if you are interested in some love coaching, relationship coaching with me, and you want to do the deeper work as opposed to just have like a do this, do that kind of thing, then I'm your gal. I really am passionate about the kind of love coaching that I do because you know what's best for you. You know what you need. You know what you want. And my job is to help you figure that out and also to help you confidently express that to the right person, right? And so the more that I can help you do the inner work, the more easily you will be able to figure that out and then come up with a plan of action. And of course, I'll be your coach helping you through that process. You know, for again, this one thing I'll say to a lot of clients, if they're like in a 
like a sticky or tricky kind of situation, I'll be like, look, two very reasonable people can make very different decisions and they're both fine. Ultimately, it has to be what feels good and right for you. And so I can help you talk through that. I can help you look at some inner child stuff and core wounds and how that might be clouding or clarifying your vision or what you want or what you need or all of those things and then make a decision from there. So if you're interested in exploring relationship coaching, love coaching with me, especially if you just feel like stuck all the time or just spinning or like, should I do this or do that? Or you're just kind of experiencing the same thing over and over again, you don't know how to change it, then I would love to talk. You can go to veronicagrant.com forward slash coaching. And there, there'll be a quick form to fill out, fill out that form that will forward you to my calendar to schedule an introductory call with me. And that introductory call is no obligation. It's no like high pressure sales, whatever tactics. It's just simply us getting to know each other, specifically me getting to know you more so I can better understand, you know, where you are, and then also what you need to do in order to get to where you are, then I can reflect that back to you. And then you can decide if working with me is the right fit for you or not. Um, So again, veronicagrant.com forward slash coaching is the place to get that conversation started. Okay, so as I mentioned several months ago, I think the first month I did this was in January 2023. The last Thursday of the month, I bring in some sort of news article or media piece about dating and kind of big picture what it means and then how it might affect you. So in January 2023, in that episode, I talked about some things that were said about women by the DOP as a result of the 20. 22 midterm elections here in the US. Even if you're not American, I do think it's a good episode because whether you like it or not, like (laughs) a lot of things get exported. (laughs) So I think it'll impact you regardless of where in the world you live. So if you're curious about how, you know, some politics might be affecting you on the micro level as you date and navigate dating and meeting people and all that kind of stuff. I think the episode will be super, super helpful. And then last month, I talked about the business of marriage and the business of divorce. One of the most common, immediate deal breaker red flags that I see among clients is if they go on a date with someone or they meet with someone and the person that they go on a date with or meet with is still, at least on paper, married to their ex. And I totally understand like why that might feel like a problem. <laughs> I mean, at least on the surface, it might seem like a little bit of a problem. The thing is, is though, I actually think it's more nuanced than that because there's two parts to a relationship. There's the romantic part of the relationship, the reason why you're together, but then there's the business part of the relationship and that's the kids, the money, the house, any other property that you might have, any other like business, you know, tangible ties you have with the other person. And for a lot of people, even if the romantic part of the relationship is totally done, it might make sense to keep the business part of the relationship open. Because at least in the United States, there's a lot of tax benefits, a lot of monetary benefits, and there's health insurance and all that kind of stuff to consider. And so I would argue, I'm not saying like, it's not a red flag, but I'm not saying it's an immediate red flag. It really just depends on what else is going on. And so I talk a lot about that in that episode. And so I actually talk about this article that I came across randomly last year. I didn't even know this. God, I always always want to say Bill Gates, but it's not Bill Gates, although he has some other marriage issues. Um, Warren Buffett. Warren Buffett is obviously a super rich dude, and he stayed married on paper to his ex-wife until she died. And it's fascinating. Very interesting story. Anyway, so I talk a little bit about 
that. And he was like with somebody else too. Like, <laughs> um, so it wasn't just that they were married on paper and then never dated again. Like he was in a serious relationship with someone else. So anyways, really interesting. And I'm not saying that's what you have to do or it's what you should do, but I think it definitely gives you some food for thought because depending on the situation and the circumstances, it might be an immediate deal breaker. And I give you some clues as to when it might be if someone's still married. And then I give you some ideas of like when it, it might be okay, at least for now, maybe not forever, but at least for now. Okay, so today I'm going to talk about this new Pew Research study that came out very recently. The article is from February 2nd, 2023. So I will put that link in the show notes so you can review it as well. And I really like reporting on articles and and research that organizations like Pew are doing because, you know, God, like Vogue or like Cosmo or, you know, we'll have like our studies show that, blah, 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 blah. But it's like they're pulling their audience. And that's obviously not a um, <laughs> an accurate cross-section of any population other than who, you know, reads those magazines. And that's obviously going to be a very specific kind of person. And so this just feels a little bit more accurate, a little bit more interesting because of, you know, probably the accuracy. And they found 12 um, big takeaways. I'm not going to go through all 12 because that would be a very long episode. But of course, you can always go to the link in the show notes and review these for yourself. I am just going to go over a few key takeaways that I found particularly interesting um, or and or helpful and what that might mean for you online. Okay, so the first takeaway is three in 10 US adults say they have ever used a dating site or app, um, which is actually identical to the share who said that in 2019. I found that really interesting. I thought online dating, honestly, would have increased from 2020, because obviously, you know, dating and nothing (laughs) was really how it was, um, you know, in 2020. But apparently, it's still about 30% of people ever have reported online dating. I think a couple things. Well, one, I think this number is actually pretty low. I think that and because some of the research and the other takeaways from the research study say, online dating is much more normal for people under 30. And so I think the older you go, the more there is a stigma with online dating. And then I think in certain communities, there's going to be a stigma. For example, online dating is much more common among college educated people, according to the research, not what I'm saying, but like according to this study, than non-college educated. So I think that there's probably some stigma in certain communities. And I think there's some stigma among older people. So I think some people might have just said no, when really the answer might have been yes. Um, However, what is clear, though, is that people who are under the age of 30, are much more likely to be online, like literally like the majority over 50%. 30 to 49 is 37%. So, you know, this is, you know, the 30% is the average of all of the age groups that the poll, you know, conducted. So the younger you are, the more likely that you're, or the more of your peers will be on the apps. That doesn't mean though, this is bad news for older folks. And I'm going to get into that in a little bit. But I just wanted to say this. Is, I thought this was interesting. I really actually did think there would be more people up since 2020 from before. Uh, but I guess I was wrong. Okay. The second takeaway that I want to highlight is Tinder tops the list of dating sites or apps that the survey studied and is popular among adults under age 30. And the only reason why I'm honestly 
giving this airtime is because I am always asked what site or what dating app should I be on? And this confirms kind of what I always say. One, this actually is this kind of a related point, but I'll just say this out of the way. One, I do think it matters to some extent where you are. When I lived in Dallas, now I was in a relationship in Dallas, my husband and I, well, we weren't married then, but we moved there together as boyfriend, girlfriend. So I was not actively dating in Dallas. So I just want to say that as a caveat. However, I don't know if it was because Match's headquarters were there and they often had a lot of events there. And so they're just kind of like promoting themselves all the time. But a lot of people, most people that I knew used Match who were dating. Um, and in fact, most of my earliest clients in my dating coaching business actually were local to Dallas because the way in which I initially grew my business was that I had a meetup group for yoga. (laughs) I would teach yoga in the park that I'd be like, oh, by the way, look what else I do. And um, so some of my earliest clients came from that group. And I love you all dearly if if you're still here, if you're still listening. And almost all of them used match.com. Um, however, when I lived in Washington, DC before that, when I was actively dating, nobody used match or at least nobody in my demographic, people who did use match were more likely to be older. Um, you know, I was probably in my twenties then. So most people were probably in their forties or fifties, maybe divorced, maybe already had kids. I feel like that was very much the demographic of folks who were using match in Washington, DC, but everyone was using hinge. Hinge was very popular. Although, and, and Tinder was very much in its early days then. So I wasn't on Tinder, but a couple of years after I moved away from DC and was already dating CB at the time, a lot of my friends then were using Tinder. Okay, so that's that's a whole that's a whole side note. However, there are a lot of niche dating sites, right? Like there is a dating site called Meet Mindful, which is for like spiritual yogi kind of folk. There are dating sites based on religion race, age. There's one called like farmer meat. So for people who like to live the rural lifestyle, um, there's all sorts of like whatever niche you can think of, there's probably a dating app for it. Every client who I've ever had use these kinds of apps have had better luck just using the mainstream because most of the people who are on these niche sites are also on Bumble and Tender and, you know, the, the main ones match all of those, all of those places. So I think in general, those are the best places to be, especially if you're in a small to medium sized city. If you're in a big city like Dallas, LA, San Francisco, New York, maybe DC, Chicago, maybe Miami, you might be able to get away with using one of those niche sites. But I just don't think it's probably worth your time because you're probably going to have the niche site and then like a mainstream one. And so I think in that case, it just makes sense to have a mainstream one and then you can filter for what you want, right? Like I definitely, my preference was to to meet someone Jewish, right? When I was dating, I went on a lot of dates with people who weren't Jewish, but like you can definitely, you can definitely find each other. We call it our Judar <laughs> um, on Hinge or I was using OkCupid as well. And you can find that stuff. I don't know if it was searchable, but like, it was definitely pretty obvious looking at profiles. And so, you know, there, you can still find that I was around J date. Uh, I had a friend who was on J date in DC and she was like, meh, you know, might as well just be on the the main ones. And this, and this finding just confirms my belief that most people are on Tinder, match and bumble. 
period. And so if you are dating, especially if you are older than 30, which is most of my audience, and if you live in a a small to medium town, then I think it really makes sense to only be on those top three sites, again, just because that's where the numbers are. Um, Okay, all right, so let's see. The next key takeaway that I want to talk about is online dating users are somewhat divided over whether their experiences on these platforms have been positive or negative. Okay, so this is where I am going to talk about my online dating course. It's called Your Online Dating Blueprint. It's $99 and it's hours of material to help you get the right headspace for online dating, as well as the practical tactical, like how to write your profiles, pick pictures, all that kind of stuff. And I'm just talking about, and I'm highlighting that because I think this takeaway is important. I don't think online dating is necessarily a positive or a negative thing. I think it's a natural extension of just the more online world that we live in. So like, if you look at just the history of like media and how we communicate, it just makes sense that there's things like online dating now, right? Like it, it just makes sense. Like it just seems like, oh yeah, well, everything's online now. So it makes sense that there's dating opportunities online as well. I think what makes dating, online dating, a negative or positive experience is your relationship to it. Okay. And this is what I talk a lot about my online dating course. So if you really struggle with online dating, I'll put the link in the show notes to check it out. I, I, you know, even though I don't talk a lot about online dating on this podcast, I'm really passionate about what I teach in this course. And I was actually, I was just telling a client, I was going to re-record it recently, but then I listened back to it. And I was like, God damn, this shit's good. It's, it's valuable. It's really valuable. Even as online dating has like shifted and changed and all that kind of stuff. Um, so highly recommend it. Anyways. So The thing with online dating is that dating problems did not exist only after 1995. And 1995 is when Match.com came onto onto the show. And they were the first online dating sites, at least in what we think of online dating. There was other dating services before that. But Match.com came around in 1995. And that is like the first modern online dating platform that we know of, that we think of when we think of online dating. But it's not true that assholes only existed after 1995 or that ghosting only existed after 1995. Do you know what I mean? Like assholes and ghosting and emotionally unavailable people and inappropriate behavior, that has existed in all time, right? As long as there's been dating and any kind of courtship between people, but especially between men and women, like it has always existed, right? And so online dating did not create that. Online dating can be an environment in which those kinds of behaviors can thrive, but it only feels like it can thrive because it happens. There's so much can happen in a short amount of time. If you're dating, but you're primarily wanting to meet people through organic ways, meaning like when you go to a bar and you try to meet people or when you go to a networking event or through friends or through setups or whatever, your pace is overall much slower, right? Like you can swipe through a hundred people in a night easy, right? Like if you're just, if you're just like on your phone, not really thinking like watching TV and just swiping, you could easily get through a hundred people, right? Like you're probably not. Hiring for your small business. If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. 
So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply, if rated PG. Can they get through 100 people if you're taking more organic or in-person ways to to meet people, right? And so if you're only meeting, let's say, like 10 potential partners a week through in-person encounters, and let's say like 10% of people are assholes, and I know maybe it's probably higher than that, but let's just say 10%. That means you're only going to have one bad experience a week. And really, like meeting 10 people organically in a week is a lot anyways, right? I'm just using this simple numbers to make it easy to explain. But let's say you're swiping through maybe 100 people a night, Right? And 10% of people are assholes. Well, now you're dealing with 10 assholes every single night. Do you know what I mean? And so online dating just feels like it's a lot worse or it feels like it's a lot more toxic because it happens so much more quickly than an in-person encounter might happen. And so this is what I talk a lot about in my course. You've got to have really, really strong boundaries around online dating so that it doesn't burn you out because it is more prone to burning you out because it does happen so much quicker, like the conversations and the swiping and the meeting people. And so regardless of like whether the experience is negative or positive, it is more likely to burn you out just because of the quantity and the pace things can go at, you know, that's different from in person, right? And and so this is this is why I think like for people who have negative versus positive experiences, not 100%, but a large reason for that is just based on their boundaries and their relationship to it. So anyways, I just wanted to highlight this takeaway because I do think it's important to look at. I don't think online dating, you know, they talk about the experience people have. I don't think online dating in itself is a negative or a positive thing. It's just a natural extension of the world that we live in. And look, I'm not saying you take my course and you'll never be an asshole again. Like, I'm not saying that. Like, you you can't control that. You're not God. I'm not God. No one, well, no one that I know of <laughs> is God. So like, you're definitely likely to encounter another asshole because not because there's more assholes online than there are at your networking event, but because again, there's just the quantity of people that you're going through, you're more likely to encounter someone who might have some asshole tendencies, right? But it's all about boundaries and where and who you give your energy to. And that's what a lot of the course is about. So um, I think the link is veronicagrant.com forward slash online dating, but don't quote me on that. But either way, if you are interested in the course, I'll put that link in the show notes. So you can sign up for it. It's all on demand. So you'll get everything all at once. Highly recommend it. Again, I go through like how to relate to it in a healthy, sustainable way, but then also the practical part about actually what to write in your profile so you don't sound like a cheese ball and all those things. Okay. All right. Um, Here's another takeaway that I wanted to highlight. Women who have used online dating platforms in the past year are more likely to feel overwhelmed by the number of messages they get, while men are more likely to feel insecure about the lack of messages they get. Now, I think there could be a lot of reasons for this. And there's a lot of ways to unpack this. One, it could just be like, 
men are so goddamn fragile. (laughs) And so they just need like endless messages in order to feel good about themselves. You know, I could totally talk it up to that. And I don't think anyone would be unreasonable in talking it up to that. However, based on my anecdotal experience of working with a lot of women around online dating, so all my clients, not all, a lot of my clients use online dating as we talk about it. A lot of my clients struggle to send the first message or any message to a man. So this is if they're hetero, because there are still these unspoken, but shouldn't the men be doing the reaching out? Shouldn't the men be doing essentially all the legwork, especially at the beginning of any kind of courtship or dating? And I think this is obviously, well, I just say obviously, but for me, like what I mean by obvious is that like coming from me, you probably wouldn't be surprised to hear that I think this is super archaic and doesn't, it's not actually like based on any kind of truth. I think a lot of like, you know, how people say like, oh, chivalry is dead. Why can't it be like how it was in the old days or whatever? And it's like, well, what are you talking about? Do you know what I mean? Because I think this mythic time of when men were just like, like these amazing creatures to go on dates with and did all these nice things like that never actually really existed. Because even if they were opening doors and whatever for you, they also probably had a lot more sexist and misogynist beliefs than men as a whole do now, because that's just the direction that society has gone. So I think this whole idea of like dating used to be like this, or men used to do that. I I just don't think it's necessarily grounded in any kind of reality. And so the whole idea that if you're a hetero and you're looking for a in your woman looking for a man, that a man should be the one to reach out to you first and do all the legwork and ask you out. I just think that's like, okay, look, if you want to play that game and that works for you, then don't listen to me. Do what you want. I don't care. I mean, I do care, but like, do what you want. Do you know what I mean? But if you're frustrated with online or who's asking you out or who's reaching out to you or, or whatever then I think it's worth it to send some messages because there's a lot of reasons why people don't reach out either first or back to you. And I can't tell you how many times this is something like this has happened with my clients where they, you know, got connected with someone they're talking to online, maybe even want to date with this person, but then felt like the man should be the one to follow back up. And so didn't reach out And then because they happened to be working with me, I was like, maybe it'd be a good idea to just try seeing a message because like, what's the worst that can happen? You hardly even know this person. And then they do. And then boom, they're like happily dating. There could be so many reasons why that man didn't initially reach back out to them. And a lot of times it's because when you think that like, chivalry is dead and that men have to do all the legwork and all that kind of stuff, you actually come across or you might come across as a little bit shut down or maybe not like interested and the other person. And for someone who is actually emotionally available, and and not really like an asshole, they actually care more about getting rejected, or not getting rejected. And so they're not going to go out of their way to get rejected. They're not going to go on a limb when they think that you're that you don't care or that you're not interested that you you think that, you know, they're not the right person for you or whatever. And so I'm just I'm just saying all this because this finding from the Pew Research study is really interesting to me because what this might suggest is that, sure, is there like an ego thing where men are fragile and they just need like all the messages in the world to feel good about themselves? Maybe, maybe that is what's playing into this. But also, it could also be that women are just not sending that many messages to men because of maybe fear of rejection, but also because of a belief that, oh, men should be the ones doing this, right? But like, if men are getting on the apps, and they're feeling insecure about the number of matches or messages they have, they're feeling insecure. So they're not feeling great. So they're also not going to be in a great place to do a message either. So it was just like a big, like, 
big miscommunication, misunderstanding. So I'm just like, send the freaking message, you know, who cares? If they don't write back, they don't write back, then you can move on. And also my, my course, Your Online Dating Blueprint helps you to better cope with that. Because if you let every single time a connection or potential connection doesn't pan out, if you let every single one of those just like deeply affect you, then like, yeah, online dating is going to be a struggle. But I don't think that's the way to do it. And I don't think you have to do it like that either. Okay, so send a freaking message, like send the first message. If you if you see someone that you think is interesting or cute, or I don't know, just whatever, you have some sort of attraction to them, send the freaking message. I really do think that, you know, not every time, but a lot of the times you might get surprised, both on how you feel with doing it, but then also with the response that you that you might get. Okay, so I have two more things that I want to highlight from the takeaways from the Pew Research study. So the first one is most US adults are skeptical or unsure that dating algorithms can predict love. And me too. I totally agree with this. I mean, look, like all of the algorithms for online dating, for Facebook, for Instagram, all of those things, like those are like highly guarded secrets. No one really knows for sure how the algorithms work and all of that kind of stuff. I don't think the algorithms really do much for, you know, matching you with like the right kind of people. I think that if you're on the apps long enough, especially if you are in a, you know, a small to medium sized area, you're probably going to eventually meet everybody or come across everybody on the apps, or at least a lot of people on the apps that are within like whatever the age bracket or age range that you designate with the location range as as well. I think if anything, the algorithms are probably favoring people who use the app more than less. I also think that the algorithms are probably favoring people who swipe right more than not. Um, However, I have lots of opinions about swiping right versus left on somebody. I talk about that in my online dating course, you know, again, which you can check out if, if you want. But I think you know, I do think that's probably what the algorithms are based more on because you have to think about this is still a business, it's still a company, and they want people on the apps. And so they're more likely, I think, to reward people who are using the apps in the way they want, because then that creates more of the let's get back on here kind of factor. This is my own speculation. I don't have any more knowledge about the algorithm than, you know, than you do or anyone else does. Because again, those are highly guarded secrets. But I don't want you to get on the apps thinking like, oh, the online dating algorithm can help me get set up with people who would be a good fit for me. Like, I don't want you, I don't want that to be your mindset when you get on the apps. I want it, rather, I want the mindset to be, oh, this is just a different way to meet people, right? Like, you can list like 20 ways to meet people. You can meet people through church, you can meet people through work, you can meet people through a class you take, through some activity that you do by asking your friends to set you up. You can, you can meet people through networking, through fundraising events, like whatever you want to do, right? Like there's so many ways to meet people. And I just want like online dating to be that list, right? It's not like the end all be all. Um, You know, a lot of times I'll ask people if they're dating right now, they're like, well, you know, I took down my profile and I'm like, okay, so you're not online dating, but are you dating? (laughs) Because there's still lots of ways to meet people, but I don't want you to think about online dating like that either. It's just like, oh yeah, these are the five ways I meet people. I meet people because I go to happy hours after work. I meet people because I hang out with my friends a lot and they have a lot of friends and I meet people through that way. And then I online date, right? So it's just like these three even ways and that's all it is. It's just another outlet, another medium for you to date. So 
Yeah, I think it's probably true that the algorithms can't really predict love. Most Americans tend to be skeptical, it looks like, based on this research. And that's, and I agree, but I don't think that's a big deal. It's like, fine. You know, I don't think this is a big surprise. The last thing I just want to quickly talk about, and I, and I hesitate to say this because I think there's a lot of like fear around online dating. And I don't think the fear is unfounded, but I think sometimes it can be inflated. So another takeaway from the research study is Americans are split on whether online dating is a safe way to meet people and a majority support requiring background checks before someone can create a profile. So when I think about this, like I think of like tender swindler, I think of other scams, although there was another takeaway about scams I'm not going to get into. You can look go to the link in the show notes if you want to read this research study for yourself. Of course, there's Dirty John. <laughs> there are certainly horror stories around online dating. It definitely seems to be the case that the older you are, the more likely you are to believe online dating is not safe. The younger you are, it feels more normal. You're more likely to grow up with it, or at least like have had a larger part of your life be online. And so it just feels more normal. And I think this makes sense. Like, I don't think this is anything surprising. I do just want to highlight this. Again, I don't want to be a fear monger, but I do think it's important to be safe. Like obviously always meet in a public space, perhaps several times before you go to their house, never have someone pick you up at your house. I would say like before, like, I don't know, date three or four or five. Trust your gut. If you're feeling something's kind of off, something probably is off. If someone is not wanting to meet up in person, but they are telling you how much they love you or how amazing you are, how much they can't wait to spend their life or whatever, they just need a little bit of money from you or they just need to do this one thing. Like These are all huge, huge red flags. And I also just want to highlight that online dating does not support or does not require background checks, including registered sex offenders. And I just say this again, I don't want to be a fear monger, but I just think it's important to know, like, it's just important to know, like what we're up against, what we're dealing with. Now for paid accounts, it might be different. But I know for sure for free accounts, there's no protection. I do think there is more movement towards it. And so if you have come across somebody who has been dangerous, or has said, um, vile or cruel things to you, I would, I definitely would not hesitate to report it. And then also, you know, ask for what you want, whether it's background checks or, you know, things like that from the companies that you are working with. Ultimately, remember, they are a business, right? Government and business are two different entities. And so business in some ways is much easier to shift because they're going to do what's good for business and they're going to do what's good for their bottom line. Right. And so I think that if a lot of people send in complaints around their online safety, then I think, you know, things will, things can change. Background checks are tricky because they cost money. And so a company is not going to pay for that. And so a person would have to pay for that in order to, you know, submit their background check or whatever to a company. But that could be part of like a paid level. I don't know. I'm just spitballing here. I don't really know exactly how that would work into a business model. But I do think that don't hesitate to certainly block, but also report people who are just vile and say cruel or violent things to you. Um, Because if that person is doing that to you, they're probably doing it to other people. And at some point, I assume, you know, the company probably will ban them from their platform. 
so that's all I have to say about that. Um, we, I will put the link to this article in the show notes so that if you want to look at all the other takeaways, I think I, I think I highlighted like five or so of the takeaways, maybe six, and there's 12. So, you know, some of it's not gonna be that surprising to you. Some of it's going to be interesting. I pulled out some of the things that I thought were most interesting and also most relevant to how you might show up on the apps and how you might protect your boundaries and your energy and all that kind of stuff. And if you want some more of my support around online dating, I really love your online dating blueprint. It's a live workshop that I taught in 2020, back in the height of the pandemic and lockdown, all that kind of stuff. And I have since put it on demand. So as soon as you sign up, you get everything. I talk in the first, there's three videos in the first video. It's all about just getting in the right like headspace, um, having a good relationship with online dating, knowing your boundaries, all that kind of stuff. So you don't get burnt out or not just jaded, but also just like really perpetually hurt by the space. The second video is more about which app to use, swipe app versus like the traditional like match, you know, where you're like reading the profile. Um, I talk about how to write a profile that doesn't make you sound like a cheese ball, <laughs> how to pick pictures and um, yeah, all that kind of like the tangible stuff. And then the third video is more about boundaries and your energy, but then also about messaging, getting off the apps, all that kind of stuff. Um, and it's not name box. So you can go to veronicagrant.com. I think veronicagrant.com forward slash online dating. If that's not the right link, the correct link will definitely be in the show notes and you can purchase it there. And that's all I've got for you. Thank you so much. I will be back in your inbox or not in your inbox in your earbuds <laughs> next week with a brand new episode. Thanks for listening to the Love Life Connection podcast. You can find the show notes for this episode at veronicagrant.com forward slash podcast. And that's also the place you can sign up to be coached by me here on the show. And if you love this podcast, please leave a review over on Apple Podcasts. It helps more incredible women like you find this show and find real love. Until next time, remember, wherever you are is exactly where you need to be. You're not broken and you don't need to be fixed. Just because you've never had the relationship you want before doesn't mean you can't have it now. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, 
Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.